Welcome to Clinical Lab Chat, part of the MedCore Podcast Network. I'm Chris Wolski, Director of Business Intelligence for uh, CLP. Today, I'll be speaking with Rosie Lee, Vice President and General Manager of the Life Sciences Mass Spectrometry Business Unit at the Thermo Fisher Scientific about proteomics, genomics, and how both are leading the way to the anticipated precision medicine revolution we've all been talking so much about over the last couple of years. Uh, now, as VP uh, and General Manager of the Life Sciences Mass Spectrometry uh, Business Unit, Rosie leads a global organization that's developing innovative mass spectrometry instruments to support customers in analytical sciences and scientific research to accelerate precision medicine, omics research, biopharma, drug discovery, and more. So I think we have a really great guide to omics of all types. So Rosie, welcome to Clinical Lab Chat. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about your work and how they're going to, uh, how it's going to benefit labs and patients in general. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, we're, I can't wait. So let's dive right in here. Uh, Rosie, uh, welcome to Clinical Lab Chat. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your work and how it's going to benefit labs and patients in general. Uh, now, before we really get into what you and your team have been doing, I do want to frame our conversation a bit. Now, there's been a lot of talk about precision medicine these days. We talked about that in our little pre-interview. But what is it exactly and why should I, as a regular person, and our laboratory listeners be excited about it? First of all, Chris, thank you for uh, the invitation. It's really great to be here. So precision medicine or personalized medicine is another term for it. It's kind of like what it sounds. The idea is a therapy or a treatment that is tailored just to you. And the idea is all of us are individuals and individual at a genetic level. And so therefore your treatment to be really effective has to be specific enough to address your specific genetics. And so there are a lot of examples for, uh, for drugs that have been developed and tested in large populations that may not always work in specific populations, whether it's gender or ethnic or racial based. And so therefore having, having something that's tailored to you personally is an important way to think about treating disease moving forward. So that's precision medicine and personalized medicine at a high level. And and that also, uh, in terms of, you know, we don't talk a lot about treatment in CLP, but on the treatment side, knowing having this more precise uh, diagnostics, it allows you to have very precise uh, approaches. So you're not just, you know, the old days, you know, you just hit everybody with everything and hope something stuck as opposed to now you can be, it, it also helps to protect the patient from being injured as well. So we always hear about like injuries or like in the old days with uh, chemotherapy and such, you just horribly poison people hoping that it, something would work, right? Exactly. And I mean, just think about cancer, right? You know, cancer is one word, it's one disease, but there's so much diversity, variation, even within a specific organ, and then even within various individuals, how their cancer evolves is going to be different. And so therefore, it kind of makes sense that the treatment may be different for each individual. So that's precision medicine at a high level. Okay, great. So now in your work, the way I understand it, you're marrying proteomics to geno genomics. Now, why is it important that you're doing this? And how is that going to help lead us to this personalized approach to medicine that we're, we're, we're talking about right now? 
Yeah. So um, the reason why it's actually important to understand um, genomics and proteomics is it really comes down to understanding um, the individual nature of who you are, the, your which is the genetics, uh, but then possibly also understanding the impact of things that are around you, your environment, and that could be expressed through your proteomics or through other aspects of how your body manifests itself. And so marrying those two things become really important. Um, and, you know, when I think about just as an example, you know, there was a, um, when you think about Alzheimer's, mm. um, it's associated in many ways uh, with a protein called tau protein. Tau, it's uh, a tau mod, um, phosphorylated tau uh, protein. Right. And so you would think that just looking at the proteomics is going to help you treat or identify somebody who has a susceptibility to that disease. It turns out, though, that if you understand the genetics of that person, that individual as well, that you can actually start to predict uh, Alzheimer's and dementia patients within four years with 90 percent accuracy. So in other wow. words, understanding both proteomics and genomics is going to help you predict and therefore treat much earlier than you would otherwise. So bringing things together is really important. Right, and in that case, even though there isn't a cure yet, you know, I know there, there's been some work on this, there isn't a cure yet, catching it early, earlier, you can take steps to at least slow the progression and maybe a person would live uh, a natural lifespan uh, before they're uh, significantly affected. Exactly. Exactly. And you're just better prepared and your family's better right. prepared. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what, uh, so that's what your team is doing generally. It, this has been translated into, uh, my, again, my understanding, a new uh, in, a mass spectrometry instrument that's available mm -hmm. from Thermo Fisher, whom you, you work for. Uh, and that, so how does, where does this fit into the, um, our omics uh, discussion and, and precision me medicine. How does that all bring this picture all together? Yeah. So uh, in June of this year, 2023, we um, announced the availability of a new instrument. It's called Thermoscientific Orbitrap Astral. And it is a mass spectrometer that has unprecedented speed and unprecedented sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And what that, sensi that, what that speed uh, really means is throughput the number of samples that you can do. And this is a step change in the number of samples that you can do. The sensitivity is a step change in terms of what you can actually see in a particular biological sample. And this is important because you wanna be able to, in order to really understand um, the, the nature, the more specific nature of a disease, you need to be able to run a lot of samples so that you can find you know, the particular variant or change that might be the cause of a disease, and you need the statistics. So you right. need to be able to run thousands and thousands of samples. And this has been difficult to do, more challenging to do in proteomics, in mass spectrometry prior to this instrument being launched. So, you know, prior to this instrument, I'd say customers, you know, were really excited if they could do a few hundred samples. You know, now with this instrument, they're starting to rethink what is actually possible in terms of a study. They're starting to talk about 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 samples. And once you have that, with the sensitivity of this instrument, when you start to look at um, a population that is healthy and compare that with a population that has the disease, you finally have the statistics where you can identify 
what's really important or what's different about the population that has the disease that you're studying. So that's okay, so, the reason why it's so powerful. So it has almost like it has a public health aspect to this then. Um, I, I mean, in a way, I mean, you could have an application for that anyway. Yeah, exactly. But eventually, yeah, because you can imagine large, large studies collecting patient samples and then actually processing these and really understanding what's going on. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So uh, certainly throughput's really important. Uh, we talk a lot about that at, at CLP, CLP and uh, for our laboratory audience. Uh, what are other some of the other ways that this could change uh, the instrument and then this approach change uh, the way labs are, are working in general? I mean, we're going to see some new tests coming out of this or, or workflow, uh, additional aspects of their workflow changing? What's, what's going to happen there? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, I was just with a customer the other day, um, a company that actually is using this technology to run um, a study of several thousand patients, cancer patients. And from that, they expect to be able to identify biomarkers, which are essentially indicators, protein-based indicators that are prognostic of the particular cancer that they're studying. And they plan to actually turn that into a diagnostic assay, which then they then plan to offer through their CLIA lab that is you know, actually here in California. Great. So that's just an example, right? Being able to complete these studies faster means right. that you can find these biomarkers faster and then get them into some kind of clinical setting faster. And faster doesn't mean, you know, I hate to say this, but faster doesn't mean sloppier. It just means no. you're getting the answers quicker, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. It, okay. Exactly. Just because you can get so much done so much more quickly. So I think the pace of discovery is just going to step up quite a bit. Wow, that's great. That's great. And then in terms of, uh, and then certainly, you know, we, one thing we talk a lot about at CLP is the workforce shortages, unfortunately. I, it, I mean, is this going to help impact it to an instrument like this or it, it maybe other instruments that may be coming out from some of your friendly competitors? I mean, would this also, uh, you know, help with workflows and, and, and that sort of thing as well? Um, well, this particular instrument is much more on what we call the discovery, so high throughput. Okay. Um, but you can imagine over time that what you discover on this can be then translated and moved to an instrument that might be smaller, smaller footprint, faster, okay. more robust and easier to use and then taken into a more you know, clinical environment. That's certainly right. um, something that a lot of our customers are talking about doing if they're not already doing it today. Okay, great. Now, uh, one, one thing I was thinking about when I was putting together questions for you was how precision medicine uh, could potentially change the relationship between the lab and physicians. Now, do you think, do you see that, are they going to become more of like direct partners? I mean, we always talk about, you know, the labs are always down, the, you know, and I, you know, it's a joke, but in some cases it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's down in the basement or kind of forgotten about. I mean, do, does this help also bring the labs a little bit more front and center and being more part of the care team in a, in a way? Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting you say that because there's certainly, um, I'm talking to a customer in Munich, actually, who's involved with doing proteomic analysis of cancer patients in the local hospital that he's involved right. with. So there's a, if there's a, a cancer patient, the sample is sent out to many different labs in the university. Um, and then he's part of the review board that actually looks at all of the data, the genomic data, the RNA data, and the proteomic data to help actually diagnose the, the, the cancer patient and then help determine the disease or the, the treatment 
um, right. rather. So you, you, you're starting to see sort of examples of that. But I think long term, what we would hope is that the physicians just have better information, more precise information right. so that they can provide better treatment, better care for their patients. Right. Well, and the fact that, uh, yeah, and this is, uh, I think, a well-established statistic, 70, was it 70% of all decisions, uh, care decisions are based on laboratory results. And the better your results are, the faster your results, the better your results uh, right. uh, uh, the better uh, decisions you can you can make. Again, it's not just well. Let's throw everything at at the patients. Hope hope they get better. Hope they exactly. Hope this, you don't yeah. want that spaghetti on the wall type. Yeah, of exactly, approach. exactly. Like you said it. I did. <laughs> first question, right? I mean, yeah. this is vision medicine is so important. Yeah. You want to get something that's very very personalized for the patient. So right. I think this is you know this is what the the scientific community is is pursuing i think and you know we're really happy that we have technologies that can ha- actually help advance that so super exciting yeah now you, you kind of touched a little bit on this but i want to dig down a little bit more because we're, we're talking about a lot of positive things let's talk a little bit about challenges for for a second are there any uh challenges facing this kind of diagnostic paradigm uh uh, just in terms of resources, in terms of mindsets, what, what sort of challenges do you see uh, with, you know, shifting to a more precision medicine paradigm? Well, one thing you can imagine is just data, right? There's right. going to be a lot more data. I mean, we're already dealing with that in our own personal lives, right? If you think about all the photos on your phone and the movies on right. your phone, now you can start to imagine all the data that's being generated, all the data that actually needs to be analyzed and how can you analyze that faster? So that's certainly something we're talking to a lot of customers about is how do they actually handle all the data and process it? Right, right. I, you know, I think there's also going to be what, what is the right, what's the right um, approach from a, you know, a regulatory standpoint. I think everyone needs to think about that. And what's the right approach that they want to take? So, um, you know, a lot of conversations around that. And, you know, we're talking to customers about how we can support them on that journey. Um, So a lot lot of, yeah, a lot of things that are, it's, you know, to your point, there's still some challenges, but that's what's going to make the field really exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's come a long way in a very short period of time already. Um, So I always do like to look ahead a little bit. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, too rose-colored glasses, I guess, but what does the next, you know, what does the next five or so years look like for this omics precision medicine relationship, at least from your perspective? Well, a couple of things that we expect will happen over the next five years is uh, we think that a lot of the um, cohorts, biobanks that have already been done, where whole genome sequencing has already been done, uh, we believe a lot of work will be done to now go back to those samples, do whole proteomic analysis, and start to marry the data together uh, for better outcomes. So mm. we definitely see that happening. Okay. Um, certainly, there's you know a handful of um, organizations out there doing liquid biopsy with um, proteins that were discovered using proteomics methods, and we think there's going to be more of those. Um, and hopefully better ones, but certainly more of those types of options out on the market. Yeah. And then I think, you know, from a technology standpoint, uh, we're certainly going to get faster and faster and much more sensitive. Um, and that's going to be important, right? If you think about cancer, um, 
cancer cell. There's not a lot of material in a cancer cell. You need to get you know, much, much more sensitive to be able to look at a single cell. And we think there's going to be a lot more work done along those lines as well. Yeah. So a lot more to come. Right, right. And it doesn't, you know, this is the thing that always amazes me. And, and you know, again, I'm I'm just, uh, you know, I, my medium is words and, and uh, uh, getting the story out. But what I always find so interesting is that it just doesn't seem to be an endpoint. Every time you think, "Ah, oh, okay, we, we've we've got there," and then yeah. somebody like you comes along and they and they find some new answer, or some new avenue, and it's just uh, so. This is it. Sounds it looks like this is uh, just a uh, uh, ongoing uh, ongoing trail here that we're we're on. Then I guess with this. I mean, just think about the millions of uh, genomes that have already been sequenced. The next thing is going to be millions of proteomes being sequenced, if you will. And right. so there's just um, a great uh, a, a great new frontier coming, I think, to the life sciences field. So yeah. it's, an, it's a really exciting time. It's very exciting. Um, it's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. gen sequencing was super exciting. I think this is now the next frontier. Next think, gen proteomics. I, uh-huh. Yeah, I think you, I think it might be, oh, and then putting them together. I think that's really exciting. You know, you, exactly. you, you, I mean, this is giant puzzle you put together and, and here we are uh, with, you know, these very precise uh, treatments, uh, precise diagnostics, which at least are very precise uh, treatments. And uh, it's, it's very, very exciting. It's very exciting uh, for, for everyone. So unfortunately, uh, with that, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, Rosie, thanks again for spending the time with me and our, our listening audience. I think we covered some really fascinating ground. I think we, uh, I think we're, you know, talking about the future and and, and all the great things that uh, that you and your team are working on. So uh, it's really cool stuff. I, I uh, was really excited that we were able to to uh, have you on the, uh, the program. Uh, I also want to thank uh, you, the laboratory audience, for listening. Look for more episodes of Clinical Lab Chat in the future and visit us online at clpmag.com and on all the major social media platforms. And so until next time, be well. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs>